Hey guys, and welcome to the next episode of the Shane Walsh Fitness Podcast. So we are at episode 173. And today's guest is a good pal of mine, Steve Griffin, aka Steve's underscore weight underscore loss on Instagram. So Steve has had an incredible story, still has an incredible story. Uh, 120 pounds down now, I think. There's a new chapter coming for him now as well. A cancer survivor. Uh, very good mate still the only person that's got scones out of me in my own house uh, for recording episodes and Steve was on episode 61 and 62 uh, back in the day Jesus, over 100 episodes ago Steve how are we sir that is exactly what I thought when you said 173 I was like he's knocked out 100 episodes since that yeah uh, this man this man does some shit talking I do smack talk and yeah absolute smack talk how are we how, how are we holding up very well, man. I'm I'm really well. I'm looking out of blue skies, and I'm happy. I'm looking at your face, so no, I'm uh, happy. Blue skies first, though. It's blue skies, Shane's face. I'll pay you up. Send me over your uh, revolution. I'll sort you out for that. I'll review, bro. <laughs> review. Yeah, you're getting the D four off me now. Um, you, you've had an, an extremely incredible journey, and I'm going to get you to do kind of brief synopsis of someone who may not have heard of your story. I know I've kind of given a little bit there. How did the weight loss things happen for you? Because I know there's there's a big story behind it and there's the the the, the small factor of kind of the cancer happening as well. I know that's a massive factor in your story as well. So I'm gonna you to kind of go through it briefly. Okay. Uh, let's just briefly go through the last 10 years. Exactly. Um, right. So I was 20 years of age, I got testicular cancer. Um it was a, a sort of a fluke detection. I thought I had a hernia and I was really sore at work, went in super lucky uh was able to just get surgery and have the tumor removed um in hindsight the doctors told me i saved my life by going because it was quite aggressive um it was a rare form and it would have kept multiplying and you know they told me in august that i wouldn't have made my 21st birthday which would have been january so that would have been you know that was huge for me to hear that was like it was something that made me grow up that one sentence when the doctor said that to me i grew up so much um fast forward a couple of years um i was given the all clear so after seven years six seven years of checks and scans and bloods and everything every couple of weeks i was given the all clear so that was pretty cool that was a good day and then um joined the guards and i gained a lot of weight after i joined the guards i had been super fit to get in and then i gained a lot of weight my whole life changed you know moved counties my routines changed. I was working nights. I'd never really done that. And I was just looking for convenience. I gained a lot of weight. And that accumulated in August 2018. I weighed like 156 something kilos. And uh, we we're on holidays in Lanzarote, poolside picture. Man, I looked, I saw it. It was the first time I ever looked at myself and I went, Jesus Christ, what the hell? Like, you've got a lot of weight on was easy to just bury my head in the sand up to that point but those pictures just shot a light on it um teamed up with paul um text him like the next day that day the next day made some shit comment about coffee just to get his attention and like paul's an old mate of mine we just i still felt me to throw some sort of olive branch and uh over the course of the next couple of months got into a deficit started eradicating some old bad habits making some better ones learning how to make better choices for myself um ended up losing about 100 pounds in nine or ten months um ended up falling in love with training um 
and food, falling in love with food. You know, it's not a, it's not the horrible thing that people think it has to be. You know, I'd, I was one of those people for a long time that thought that healthy food had to be shit, as in Kate crap, you know, whereas I learned that I can have all my favorite things and still do what I want to do. Um, and yeah, like you said, up to now, um, when, I, when I put it this way, I've only lost 20 pounds in the last like two years. <laughs> it's like, it's, 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 yeah, well, it's, yeah, like, cumulatively 120 is pretty good. But when I had lost 110 months, it's like, the fuck, I really took the pedal off the gear, the foot off the pedal there for like a uh, year, two years. But yeah, that's where I'm at. 120 pounds, happy, you know, and- fish ish, healthy ish. No, you're 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 doing. Because I know we caught up. I went up to Galway between lockdowns. In mm. was the like I can't remember uh, second or third there's, one. There's been so many lockdowns this. I think it was around August, July or August. I was up with you. Mm. Um, and and it was kind of like you were the gyms were open at that stage, and you were in that headspace of, I'm going to kill everything. <laughs> I was I was uh, aggressive that time. I was That's and I still am like. <laughs> I was I don't know how to describe it but I love it it's just this like this lift fire under me at that time and I, I remember at the time you were like deload calm down a little bit oh, yeah. deload a little bit and I was just like nah I'm just gonna keep lifting weights and you're like you're gonna get injured I'm like fuck am I but it was uh, yeah that was a that was a nice period I was hitting the gym hard that time so I remember I remember you brought it up in the interview with Brian uh, about kind of hearing me in your head deload deload it but hey it's working um the biggest like one of the biggest things you talk about an awful lot is having the people around you and having the right people around you because it's very easy to have a lot of voices kind of coming at you especially when you have your influencer following on social media about people dming you Stephen hates me talking about influencers um how do you like are you quite picky with who you surround yourself with um when they're not really kind of giving you the message kind of that you want to actually listen to and adhere to it's not the people that i don't want to listen to or the thing that i don't want to hear because sometimes the thing you don't want to hear is actually what you have to hear um i'm i'm very picky with who i i suppose give weight to um like people's opinions only carry the weight that you give them so if you decide that everybody's opinion matters yeah you're not really going to help yourself very much whereas like say for example when i started cutting weight a couple of weeks ago i asked three people who i knew would give me dead honest truths whether i wanted to hear them or not i asked you i asked paul and i asked brian and i knew that each one of you knew what you were talking about and that each one of you would tell me the truth you know whether it was I don't think this is a good idea for you or you can absolutely do this, do it this way or, you know, and you knew what you're on about. For a long time, I gave a shit about everybody's opinion. And I'd listened to the fellow that said I had to do sprints to lose weight or that I had to eat pasta out of a fucking pot that served a small army of people. I was 150 something kilos and sprints were not very sustainable for me nor were they a good idea because my knees, ankles, back, hips, everything put it in banjacks from smashing my feet off the floor. Um, so it's, it's, I have different circles though. Like I don't have the same circles through everything. Oh, there's some people that will transcend all of them. They'll be in the fitness circle. They'll be in my friend's circle. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty picky. 
pretty picky. And that doesn't mean I alienate people or that I stop being mates with people. I just stop caring what they say about certain things and don't really take it on board. You know, not in an impolite way, but... Is there a certain quality that you look through in all of, say, if you're looking for someone kind of like the health and fitness stuff, you're looking for someone kind of like on life advice, relationship advice, there's a certain quality that you look for in in the advice or the person that you're kind of looking for the advice for? Yeah, I mean, I guess, honestly, you don't want yes men. Like, you don't want people that just tell you what you want to hear. You know, it might feel nice, but when you fall flat on your face because you believed everybody that said something, you know, it's shit. So, I mean, I obviously turn to certain people when I want fitness advice or anything to do with, you know, training or exercise. Jay Cutler. Uh, yeah, I wish. I wish I could turn to Jay Cutler for fitness advice. But I'm not going to go down to the local butcher or baker to ask them about my squat form. You know, it wouldn't make sense. They might tell me it's great. But they don't. What do they know about it? But at the same time, I'm not going to ask you how to bake scones. You know, um, That's very true. honesty is a big one. Um, but like Peterson says, you know, you can tell the difference between good and bad friends are real friends. You can tell fr- like real friends, good news and they celebrate with you. So they don't try and make your good news less by saying, well, you know what happened to me? Actually, I had a better story than yours. You know, and that's a big one. That really is a big one. Like Story toppers. Story toppers. It, it, it annoys me and I'm sure I've subconsciously done it before to people. I, I apologize. I, it's it's just one of those things where you go, oh yeah, sure, I had something like that before. And I don't think you mean it in a bad way, but you want to be able to go to people and tell them your good news and you want to be able to go to them and tell them bad news. Yeah, you know? I think, yeah. Um, You've, you talk about kind of like a lot of stuff like the, the, you've done a lot of stuff mentally and uh, internally with your own self and the dialogue that you, you kind of talk about an awful lot. And one of the, the, the one of the posts that you put up a little while ago was it's not who you are that holds you back. It's who you think you're not. And I thought, I'm not sure where you got that from or what book. I'm going to guess it's JP or something like that. Or God, I don't think it's Goggins. Goggins is a little bit being no. like, stop acting like a fucking bollocks. But that would be his, that be his sentiment. Yeah. What, like, how have you spoken or how have you talked yourself out of kind of like that whole mentality? It took a lot of time. It took a lot of time. And it took, actually, it took having a good circle around me as well. Paul was one of the first reasons I actually started to kind of believe in myself. Because he laid it out very simply something i thought would be massively complex unattainable unrealistic and he was able to lay it out in front of me almost systematically or mathematically and just say you know that's where you are this is roughly where you want to be there thereabouts what you do in between these two in terms of counting calories how you train what you do that dictates where you go and how far you go you might be halfway down, you might deviate, you might get to a fork in the road and decide you want to be a second sprinter, not a powerlifter, or, you know. But I suppose for me, it was just deciding that the ceiling that other people set for me for years that I believed in wasn't for them to dictate. Do you know, like I said to you, I believed everybody's bullshit. I believed the people that would say, ah, sure, Jesus, you can't do that. Sure, Jesus, why would you do that? And I kind of go, oh, yeah, you know, my own self-esteem, my self-confidence was so low that I'd sit there and go, yeah, they're right, Josh. Why would I do that? Jesus, I didn't hope of doing that. 
but like I suppose that was a sign as to how how low I was. It was just my self esteem was rock bottom for a long time. And I simply just I wasn't who I am. Like and that sounds a bit stupid. But once my confidence was down so low, I just didn't want to be seen, didn't want to be heard, didn't want to rock the boat, didn't want to do anything that put me out there because I didn't want to fail because everybody was basically telling me I couldn't do it. So I didn't want to be a fucking laughing stock or something. So getting rid of the the weight that gave those people's opinions was huge for me. And then just deciding, you know what? Okay, the Adidas thing is bullshit. Impossible is nothing. There are certain things that are impossible. Yeah, I'm not going hair. to be Mr. Olympia. You what? I, well, Turkey. Turkey's an option. But yeah, I did suit you. I could see you with hair. I, I have I have I've had I have had it before. <laughs> well yes. It, I assume you just didn't just, you just know, rock up when you were born. Just like, really yeah. big fan of the Mitchells. <laughs> you do have a certain Phil thing about you. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate if, that. If Phil, if Phil was South Dublin. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was just developing self-belief. So it really was. And it was just trusting in myself to know what I could do. How do you spot those trends kind of creeping back in? Because obviously there, there's going to be times when like, it doesn't matter how much like kind of like internal dialogue and how much shift that kind of you make and in towards a different direction, you're still going to be you. There's obviously still going to be times where the doubt and all that kind of stuff comes in. How do you talk yourself out of those situations when those old thoughts kind of, kind of come back in? Or have you got, have, have you had that in the last little while? Obviously with lockdown and stuff, there's a little bit more time for thinking. Yeah, um, a little bit. We've we've chatted about this before. Mm-hmm. When I gained the weight uh, last year, yeah, that was that was the only time I really doubted myself as such um, during this. So I mean, that's that's I'm lucky in that sense. But I suppose you make your own luck in a way as well. You know, I gained was it 12, 13 kilos, which is a good. It's like two stone. Decent, and like- yeah, it was, it was a good bit. And when I realized I had gained that, I kind of, I, again, I was kind of aggressive about it. I remember standing there and thinking, fucking no way, no fucking way. I've put in too much work up to now. But at the same time, that doubt's there. You're kind of going, shit, maybe I'm just not meant to, not meant to weigh 110 kilos or 105 kilos, wherever I was at the time. You know, and I suppose that's make or break. I could, step on the scale that day and see that you know, I've, I've put on 12 or 13 kilos and I could just go, oh, fuck it. And just sit down in just this bath, like a blow-up bath of Maltesers and chocolate and breads and everything that's delicious and just decide that, no, I've had it or you can do something about it. I think the energy you allow in your head tends to you know, transcend through you. And if you have the right noise coming in you know if the, the right people around you if the right noise in your head it, it lends to you having a better inner monologue yeah right, self-talk and that's the importance of not having you know assholes too close to you because assholes fucking stink so does their attitude and you know that's why again i have guys like you and brian and paul and i'm lucky to have people like you that i can turn to and ask questions of and know that you're looking out for me or you have the best, my best interest at heart that, you know, you're not just doing it, you know, see me fail so it makes you look better or some shit. Yeah, like, I I think, but I think you've kind of had to go through the shit times in order to kind of identify with the good times. And I know, like, Victor Frankl talks about, like, the meaning of life is suffering. 
because if you're at the low point, you won't enjoy the high points. I think potentially from what you've achieved and what you've spotted and spot those little trends in yourself, you know how to talk yourself out of those. But as you said there about like we identify with things that kind of go, we, if we t- say that we're, oh, we're busy all the time or that we're lazy, we identify with those sentences over time. We start to believe that shit. But it's about kind of like, I, as bro as it sounds, it is realistically about just kind of showing it up a little bit more often for yourself um, and kind of moving away from that ideology of watching what everyone else is doing and that whole sentence of it's different for me. Why is it different for you? Mm. Um, I, we all, I, I we all have that, shit. We know, all have shit going on. I hate that. I don't have time thing. And I, and I, it's I, like I, some people may genuinely like some people have bananas lives. They do. I get it. But too many people say I don't have time for it to actually be true. Well, how long are you spending watching Netflix in the evening? Have you checked your fucking Instagram activity report at the end of the week? I've, I try not to. Yeah, exactly. I didn't mean you. I meant you as in, you know. No, I, and I, and I think sense. a lot of people do. And, I, and I, I, I find it hard to say it from a coach point of view because like, well, this is your life and we have X, Y, and Z. We've had family, all this kind of stuff. And I 100% get that. But why not mix two things together? Like a habit stack or like, well, if you've got kids, if you've got a dog, the dog needs a walk. The kid needs a walk. You're also leading by example. If you've got a ferret or a cat, bring it for a walk. Stick a lead on. Um, but I think too many people identify with, oh, I haven't got enough time. When, or realistically, like if you do a hit session, I don't really believe most people should do hit in the first place. Um, but if you've got a hit session, 15, 10 minutes, that's all you really need. 10, 15, 20 minute run. And you could make your day. That could, like the thing that I'm trying to work on myself is at the minute it's like what at the, when I work, I wake up first thing in the morning is I repeat the sentence, what can I do for myself today that will make me win the day? And as soon as I do that, the rest of the day is one. And like Does somebody to, answer? Does uh, the, the talking to yourself first thing in the morning should be alarming, but it's only worse if somebody actually answers you. It's called COVID fatigue, I think. <laughs> Just talk it to Fair myself. Enough. But like it, it, but it gets like I guys. I've used. I have you sometimes in my head as like the one, two, three, get out of bed. Yeah. Or one, I three, get do off the couch. Yeah. And, and it does work. It completely. I use it in the mornings. Yeah. Like there's mornings there, you wake up at like seven, and your alarm's going off. And you're like, oh, I gotta get up. And it's like I could stay in bed, but if you spend too long thinking about it, you've already lost. Yeah, and I think people are relying on external factors. They're like, oh, motivation, willpower. What other word? What other bullshit word can you put on that? Just not like one, two, three, go. Yeah, it's it's a big thing for me. I genuinely do. I literally sit there. I count down from five, and I'm like five, four, three, two, and I'm out of the bed. And that's it. I ain't getting back in it then. Did you ever hear the? Did you ever hear Schwarzenegger talk about the hours in the day? No. He's like, there's you know, there's 24 hours in the day. You work 10 hours. Maybe you sleep six. And some people say you should be sleeping eight, but I just say sleep a little faster. <laughs> it's like, he's like, I got to America. I worked 10 hours. I did two hours of, you know, English and acting did lessons. You hear his did. proper story. Like he, he made his money. He had made an awful lot of money before, before Terminator. He came over to America and invested in property. And that's where he got yeah, an awful yeah, lot of his yeah. money. And then, but people are like, oh, because he only came in because it was broken English mm-hmm. accent or whatever it is. Uh, or American accent but a lot of people don't realize that whole thing that he did the graft elsewhere and then just changed 
the path mm-hmm. after that. Um, the one of the big things I think a lot of people fo- are, forget to focus on is when they go on a journey full stop or a weight loss journey, it's the importance of losing the first pound rather than trying to lose the whole thing. What advice would you give back to yourself? Or did you ever struggle with that? Or what advice would you have for someone out there who's like potentially going to be starting a journey? Is the question thinking short term? Uh, sorry. Is, yeah, I suppose like I saw a thing this morning. It's like when thinking goals, think long term. When thinking progress, think short term. And I was like, that makes a lot of sense. Have that quotes? I, d- I love <laughs> quotes. I can't like people joke and laugh because I share a lot of quotes, but I yeah. see them and I'm like, I will see a quote. And I think about it for 10 minutes. I'll just, I'll just be sitting there going, what does he mean? What's the thing? And then it'll just be like rolling in my head over and over. And I'll be like, later on this evening, I'll be like, yeah, that was deep. And people around me are like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm like, oh yeah, never mind. It's in my head. And uh, yeah, I love quotes. They just really get me thinking, but it's, I suppose, because you're not going to lose it in my case. Right? I had hundred pounds to lose and I'm not going to lose hundred pounds overnight, but I could lose a pound in a week. And when you've been kicked, when you've been having a lot of losses for a long period of time, you don't know what it feels like to have a small win. That small win could just be the pound loss. could be maintenance. could be not gaining weight. could be getting out of bed. could be anything, depending on your scenario, depending on what your journey is. So it's important just for, like I said, like I said at the start, my self-confidence, my self-esteem was so low, like so, so low. I just didn't have any wins in a very long period of time. So when I saw that I lost a pound, I was like, wow, okay, it's a step in the right direction. Then another one and another one. But I was always focused on where I was going. So whilst I suppose my near sight was on this week or this fortnight, I was always thinking, Paul always had 95 kilo Steve in my head. He was like, keep thinking like 95 kilo Steve. Think of the person you want to become. Yeah. If you want to be a certain way, start thinking like that person. Start acting like that person. Because, like, to be fair, acting like the person I was wasn't fucking working. And was that a difficult thing to drop that story? Of like, well, that thing wasn't working, so why do I keep going back to it? Because I think that's that happens to an awful lot of people in whatever it may be, work, weight loss, fitness, whatever it may be, is like, well, I've tried this all the time. I've tried certain clubs all the time, but yeah, keep going back to them. Like definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again. Like, mm. do you think do you think people overanalyze before they actually act on something? Yes. Out of? Yeah. Maybe on the surface, they think they want to do something. But deeper down, they're trying to come up with a reason not to. I'm a big fan of just do. I don't know where I go for a walk. Just go and don't get fucking lost. And you can always come back whenever you decide. You know, it's like, don't overcomplicate shit. Just do it. No, yes, okay, there's certain things, training, nutrition. You might need guidance on, you might take a little bit more time to look into it. Jesus, I've seen people and they're like, oh, I don't know if I'll walk or if I get exercise. And it's like, just go do it. Just go do it. What's stopping you? Like, so leave all breadcrumbs, Goldilocks. You'll find your way back. It's the first time I've ever been called Goldilocks. Thanks. Um, but, I, I, but yeah, but see, so a lot of people will be like, oh, it's different for you. It's different for you. You're PT, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but what's different? We still have 24 hours. 
we still have like if I didn't get my walk in every day, I don't think I would have got through through these lockdowns. Mm. I really, it's, really don't. And I, and I look, sometimes looking so at your important. stories, sometimes looking at your stories has got me out for a walk. Thank you. And you kind of touched on it there. Like when I started this, it was for personal accountability. And then as it developed, I had people messaging me going, you know, I work shifts and I do this and I do that. And you do that and it's working for you and, and you can make a change. So why can't I? And that's kind of what it developed into, showing that, you know, it's it's not different. It's just you don't have to have the perfect nine to five, easy, handy lifestyle to make shit work. You know, you can work shifts, you can work crazy hours as a PT, you can work crazy hours in an office and still find little ways to better yourself, even if it's a half an hour walk. So it's, it's doable. In relation to kind of like social media and stuff like that, do you find you kind of get advice from external sources that you don't necessarily want to listen to? And like, how do you actually cope with that? Because I know we've kind of alluded to it already in relation to, you know, who you want to listen to, but how do you kind of like distance yourself from like, oh, you should be going intermittent fasting. You should be going keto. You should be licking squirrels. Don't lick squirrels. But you know what I mean? You had me up to licking squirrels. I've heard of people licking frogs. Um, so it's a D4 not, for, not for weight loss things, but um, yeah, I suppose it might be a little bit different for me in the sense that I've, over like the last two and a half years, I've done a lot of reading and research and learning, and I can kind of make my own balanced decisions now, largely. I still turn to you know more maybe professional people in certain things, maybe nutrition like yourself and Paul. I'd ask you questions the whole time. Yeah. But unsolicited advice is unfortunately one of those things that no matter where you are in society, what you're doing, there will always be somebody who is willing to tell you what to do, even though they ain't fucking doing it themselves. Like, I will I'll never forget saying about the guy that stopped me on the treadmill. That told me that he knew a bodybuilder and that bodybuilder was eating fish five days a week and I should be eating fish. I was like, what the fuck are you telling me somebody else's story for? And why would you tap somebody on the shoulder who's running on a fucking treadmill? You know, like everybody has an opinion on stuff. Everybody. You know, and hey, if keto works for you, knock yourself out. I like scones. I like bagels. So, carbs you know, I suppose it's, scones are fantastic. We've been here before. Oh, well, carbs 61 and 62. I was going to go full circles at carbs are class. I think I said it to you carbs. yesterday. Carbs are a class. And ironically, you said that to me yesterday, and I had the most carbs I've had in four weeks yesterday. Just influencer life there for you. He is an influencer. Everyone call him an influencer. That's what it should be. Um, in relation to kind of like the external elements and the kind of like not letting outside factors impact the confidence for yourself, and like in relation to stuff that you can't control. Like, say, I know the big one for yourself, the weather, and not being an aspirin. How do you kind of get yourself and move yourself away from the external stuff and actually looking at the stuff you can control? Because so many people are like, it's why people struggle to get away from the perfectionist mentality is because they can't control everything. They can't control the rate of the weight loss. They can't control what the scale says. They can't control X, Y, and Z. And then they get pissed off and give up after about three weeks. How do you how do you work work with that in yourself? Yeah, well, from a from a, a training point of view, I think COVID's been fantastic for that. I think COVID has shown people that you can do a lot without gyms. 
yeah. you know, whether it is just going for a walk or stuff. And uh, you touched on it. Like my whole thing is you can always walk provided you have the ability to walk. You can always walk. There's no bad. Was there's no, no such thing as bad weather, just bad clothing choices. And I always say to my clients, like I'll eat my shoe if you feel worse after a walk. And I need evidence. I, I kind of like walking in the rain. I, 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 fair. I have this new jacket. I'm indestructible in it. I like if it rains. Yeah, it's, once you get a rainproof jacket, like I've been walking in a rainproof jacket and shorts and there's something really fresh and enjoyable about it. I love it's a, running. It's a weird one. It is a weird one. Yeah, I look at her. Horrendous. It's like a hoodie and then shorts. And it's like, are you cold? Are you not? What do you got going on here, buddy? But uh, the working out thing, I mean, I think COVID has taught a lot, a lot of people that you can do a lot of stuff at home. This crack of, I can't make it to a gym or I can't do this. You can control what you're doing at home. Like you said, 15, 20, 30 minute hit, 30 minute walk. You can't control how fast the scales go. You can control your food choices. You know, you can you can control a lot more in your life than you probably give yourself credit for. And I hear a lot of people say things like, oh, yeah, but I don't want it to impact on my partner or my, you know, whatever. It doesn't have to. You can do your thing. You know, it doesn't have to be a big deal. You know, it's, I, I genuinely feel that if you want to do something, you'll find a way. If you don't, you'll find an excuse. I like that. I think we, we're all fantastic because I think we're just, a lot of us are just scared of the unknown. We're scared of failing. We're scared of looking like failures to others because we put too much weight in what people have said. And it kind of goes back to one of the other questions. It's like, stop caring what other people think because ultimately we just swap places with them once, one, and realistically, are they going to be the people that you're going to be surrounding yourself with anyway? And more often than not, no. What, in relation to the headspace for yourself during this weird time, what have you put in place to look after for yourself? I know you've spoken about the walking and kind of the shared sessions um, that you kind of, you do as well. But what else have you put in place for yourself to make sure that the six inches between your two ears is, is playing for yourself? Yeah, there's been a few, but um, this stuff like walking is fantastic. I just can't. And first, I hated walks, and I used to tell people I don't understand the purpose of walks if I don't have to fucking go somewhere. If I don't have an end place, I have to be. Why am I walking around this circle? Right. So that's where I used to be, just for context. Uh, whereas now, if I don't go for a walk, I am painful to be around. I'm like fidgety and annoying, or more annoying. But lockdown for me was the things that were important, books, podcasts, making sure I still had, I suppose, positive noise, goal-orientated kind of conversations, people that were you know, involved in growth and just, I suppose, being conscious in what they were doing. It was important for me because I did. There was a bit there in COVID. I just kind of sailed. I didn't do anything. I just kind of floated around I, I keep i think i said you were to paul before i was like just a sea or boat at sea i wasn't particularly going to any harbors i was just kind of being fucked around by the wind and i wasn't gaining weight wasn't losing weight i was training but i was just sort of doing it wasn't really doing it with any end goal or purpose or drive um but for me it was important to have conversations chat to people especially when you're not seeing people I've done a lot of like FaceTime and phone calls. I was never like an hour and a half kind of phone call person. And that's kind of developed during COVID. And 
I think, yeah, there's been a better understanding of the importance of just mates during this, being able to talk to people, just have actual human conversation that isn't text or WhatsApp or, you know, like I have two or three mates and all we do is share TikToks. You share TikToks with me and I'm like, I'm not on TikTok. And if you look through like the TikTok, but like the, I think you've definitely hit the nail on the head there by kind of reaching out to people because I know, I think, like you, you would you would voice message me, or we would tra- chat most days at this stage. Mm. I think there was a while, maybe two weeks, I was kind of went missing a little bit, and you were like, "You're right there, bud." I just check it in. Uh, so yeah, it's 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 so so important to have that uh, element around this time as well. You mentioned books. Uh, what has been the best one that you read over the weird time, and what was the biggest? message i know i think i know what it is i'm gonna wait for you to say it though yeah i'm actually looking at my bookshelf now um you read i, you, you I read don't matthew, have to you read matthew McConaughey's his book was fantastic he that man can read a book he can that lad should just narrate everything i think when david attenborough stops doing things and morgan freeman so once those two are kind of like retired i think matthew mcconaughey should slip in I think more people would listen to COVID restrictions if Matthew McConaughey told us what to do. Imagine if he did the briefings. Him and Tony Hoolan. <laughs> and Leo in the back. I can just imagine just Tony finishing going, right, Matthew? All right. All right, all right, uh, all right. That was a good book. I reread Goggins' book uh, maybe twice. Have you calmed down on last... Goggins? No. Accelerated. I, I maintain... No, I haven't accelerated, but I... It sounds ridiculous considering I've never met the man, never spoke to him, none of these things. He had a huge role to play in my mindset when I started the book this journey. Is good. The book is very good and the, the audio book is good. fantastic. Um, Jordan Peterson's new book was the most recent one I read. Um, very good. good. Well, I thought I thought it was very good, but he's he's Maramite. Some people hate him. I haven't got I in. it into him enough. Uh, to okay. to kind of have an opinion on him, he's kind of one of those I haven't kind of feared. I know a lot of people, um, and I know Chris Williamson has been on here. He has had him on recently, and it's it, like he's a massive name, and he's done incredible work in the in the books. And I know his daughter does stuff as well. Mm. Um, have you changed the tack of kind of the with the podcast and stuff? Because I know there's only so much nutrition and training stuff that you can actually take in. Is there any kind of random one that you would listen to? Something like, I don't know, Chris Ramsey or Peter Crouch's podcast or any of those? Yeah, I'm a bit of a nerd. I'm not great at listening to stuff for the crack. Really? Yeah, I'm not great. I like to take stuff from them. And I know, okay, I'm sure you'll take stuff from, you know, maybe if it's just feeling a bit happier. I mean, in fairness, my walk this morning was powered by five. So, I mean, I love tacky shit. I just the mega mix. It's the best eleven minutes of music ever produced. But I, I like to take something, even if it's small, from podcasts. I know I was saying to you before about I, I've kind of got into Joe Rogan. It might take me a while to get through them, but they're exceptional people having very normal conversations, and it kind of shows that these exceptional people in, in their fields, whatever they are, MMA or tech or whatever. They're talking about growth. They're talking about bettering themselves, what they do. But they're normal people. 
And sometimes it's nice to see them in that light because I think that people just see these people as gods and, oh, I could never do that. Why couldn't you? Yeah. It's like Elon Musk. He's a freak. Yeah. Yeah, he's a bit hard to take, I think. Uh, yeah. But you, you, you speak about there about kind of like looking at someone else. Um, and one of the things that JP has actually said, Jordan Peterson has said, JP is if I'm best mates of him. Uh, compare yourself and JP. to... Yeah, just me, me and JP just going for a coffee. Drinking a high now. Uh, uh, non-alcoholic, have you? Uh, compare yourself to who you were yesterday, not to someone who else is, not to who someone else is today. And that brings in the comparison thing. Do you find, do you, do you, do you ever catch yourself kind of kind of going down the rabbit hole of, oh, he's doing this or she's doing this and kind of, or have you got an element of like deadpan to it? Two weeks ago, happened to me. For the first time in a while, happened to me two weeks ago. You got triggered? Uh, I, no, I didn't get triggered. I just got a little bit, I got a little bit lost in my perception of what I've done. Um, I sat there and felt as if, and this is during the little cut I'm on, so I actually had been progressing as such, progressing. Um, but I sat there and I seen, I can't remember who the fuck it was. Somebody had a thing up like, oh, it's been a long four months and they were freaking flying, man. I saw the post. I was like, shit, they've worked hard. And I kind of sat there and I was like, how come I'm not doing that? And then I went, hang on a minute. I, I thought back to where I was and I was like, I kind of have done that. You know, but it's easy to forget where you've been. You know, it's easy to forget what you did or how hard it was to change when you've been, you know, where you are for a while. Lose a little bit. It's like your depth perception. You stop seeing the thing that was so far away. But yeah, it happened to me like two weeks ago. And I remember just looking. I shared it on uh, my Instagram. It's like a throwback or a flashback thread or something with the first one, like that green t-shirt picture and where I'm at now. And I was like, that's okay. That brought it back. I just, for me, more so than anybody else, I needed that picture. I was just like, you're doing all right. I think, I think we're, I think we're all, I don't think anyone's immune to that kind of being so hard on themselves in relation to, I think you have to catch yourself sometimes. Mm. Uh, and I know I had to catch myself. I think, for myself, it was more related to kind of like the business stuff because I haven't really been able to train for this year, uh, only in the last like two and a half weeks. But I think the, the bit for me was like the radio, getting on the radio. I was like, hang on, this is bananas. Like, what was little old me in Dublin talking to Brian Penny on the radio for? And I, I think that was the first time I was kind of like, not that I needed validation, but it was kind of like, it was the first time the family, the friends were kind of like, okay, this is actually this is actually something. This isn't just like a little old PT in a gym getting someone to move a rep or moving a weight or whatever, maybe. You've spoken about there, about your kind of your new goal. I'm not sure how much you want to talk about it. Yeah, no, we can talk about it. We can talk about it. Um, like it's it's a pretty freaking cool goal from where you were. Like I know, I've known you for quite a while and this is a, because I know you were asking, you asked Paul, you asked Brian, you asked myself about it. Where did the idea come from? Well, like, what was the, what was the thing in your head? It was like, I actually want to do this. And what is the goal, first of all, before we start talking Morse code? So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's just keep beating around it. And then at the end, maybe tell me. Uh, no. So I decided, and it's been itching at me for ages. That was the thing. And I said that to you. You were like, is it a flimsy thing? Is this something that just popped into your head or what? 
itched at me for ages and it seemed like a somewhat natural progression um, with the way I was shifting weight, the way I was training and stuff. I, I want to get into what I, I could only coined Paul as shoot shape. So the kind of shape you see people in when they get a photo shoot done. I wanted to, I never want to be skinny. Like that was never a goal of mine, but I want to be, you know, lean. I want to do things Strong. I've never done. Strong. That's exactly. I, I never want to be skinny and I don't think I'll ever be skinny. Yeah, well, you know, I'm, I'm not small. You've met me. I'm not, I'm not small. You're naturally. a bit taller than me now, Steve. A little bit, a little bit. It's the scones. They added the height. <laughs> but I want to get into that shoot shape and I'm under no illusions as to difficulty, as to, you know, the time it'll take. But I've set 12 weeks. I've set a 12-week and a 16-week marker just to see. And I am intrigued as to where it's going to go. Um, like I said a little earlier, I spent a couple of weeks just floating around at sea, not really doing anything. And I'm very goal-oriented. I like to have something to focus on. I like to be able to put on blinkers and just focus on that thing. And that's kind of where I'm at now. So I'm looking forward to it. I, I just love the challenge. I don't, I'm not going to be fucking Ronnie Coleman after it. I get that. You know, one sentence you said to me when we were chatting either last week or the week before was in relation you you have more to think to leave more to lose than you think in relation to the weight. Mm-hmm. What was the epiphany there? Because and I don't want people to last on to that sentence for themselves. I just don't. But Steve said it to me for the photo shoot because I know I had that feeling as well. I thought I was like, oh, I'll be grand in eight weeks. And I was like, nope. Yeah, it was actually it was Paul that said it to me. He goes, what do you think you have to lose? I was like, oh, but maybe 10 kilos. And he goes, yeah, you probably have 15. He goes, you probably do. He goes, "You what you think will get you to shape versus where I actually want to be. He keeps calling it peeled. Like, I'm never going to be one of these people that will just be like skin, like just coming yeah, off yeah. my body. But I like where he's going with it. I like the extreme, but it's, um, yeah, it's, we had talked about 95 kg Steve talking two years ago when I weighed 25 stone um, and 10 kilos would have brought me to 95. So his 15 will bring me to somewhere maybe 90 to 93 kilos. So I suppose I have to be willing to just go that extra mile, you know, so find what I thought was needed and then push on a little bit more. Are you looking forward to getting the tan on? I'm very sallow. And if the weather continues like this, I would hold out a lot of hope that I won't need all that much tang. So I just keep hoping that the sun stays shining. Keep my vitamin D high. Hopefully absorb some of that sun. That's a, I, I found that the worst part. Tan, you found that the worst part of the entire prep? No, I, I, I didn't enjoy the process full stop. That's just, I've, I've said it, I've just gone on rants on the podcast about it before. I just did not enjoy the process, but that was my own fault. I want, it, it wasn't my goal, it was for someone else. It was for the fitness industry, it wasn't for me. But I'm, okay. glad, I did, I'm glad I did it because I was like, I can understand what, what crash dieting feels like for clients. I can understand the mentality. I can understand what not to do. And I, I can understand how much hassle it is for a girl to put fake tan on. Okay, see, we had we had different reasons or different values I, coming out of it. I think. Yeah, exactly. But mine wasn't my mine wasn't my why. This okay. is a very different why for you. You talk about that limbo thing, where I was mm. kind of like, but you still kept going. 
Mm. Most yeah. people wouldn't. I was bored. <laughs> but I was training like six days a week when the gyms are open. So I can't just like, and I was saying there, like, if I don't go for a walk, I'm a pain in the ass. I'm fucking horrible to ground because I'm just, I can't sit still. I'm walking around the kitchen. I'm walking around the house. I'm like, I have to do something. I'm like fucking Energizer Bunny on Coke. I'm like, I just can't I'm sit still. Workout. I'm free workout. I love, oh, don't even get me started on that. But I, I have to do something. So I was fortunate enough. My gym gave me some stuff so I can do a bit. No, it's not. No, you, so were, lifting, you were lifting heavy. And you, you, when I saw you in July or August last year, the shape, and I know Brian said this to you as well, the shape changed. Yeah. It, it changed yeah. from a weight loss thing to like, Steve's putting on some uh, some good timber here. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it, I could feel that myself. I felt a change that time. That time I was talking to you, that period, I remember that's what the, that's what, yeah i remember being in the coffee shop and you're like i'm on it right now <laughs> yeah yeah this is it was fantastic it really and there's no real way of putting words on it the mindset i was in that time it was it was beautiful it really was i wish i could bottle that shit up if i could bottle that and then sell that as pre-workout oh fantastic i think when things open back up hopefully i don't know i think leo said something about june or july maybe for the gyms we'll see i know you were talking off air but i think but what, so what, when is this shit have you booked a date or are you booked a pencil in a date yeah the two the two weekends so the, the 12th weekend one is the 21st the 6th which is two months and then the other one is a month after say so just it's depending on how i'm looking at 95 93 90 kilos i i'll have to judge as i'm going because it's quite difficult for me to decide at the minute with the weight loss uh, exactly what weight I'm going to have to be it's more a body composition thing more than the weight it's not like you step yeah, on stage oh I get that but like I was saying to you like I, I carry quite a lot of timber in my stomach like I can see at the minute like in around my shoulders my quads and stuff you can see it on your are face. starting to lean out thank you but I just I'm carrying in the middle I don't want to half-ass it this is something I've decided to do for me I'm not overly concerned with it going on Instagram or a podcast. Or it doesn't really bother me because I'm not doing this for other people. I'm doing it because I reckon I'm at like a crossroad now where I was at this point in my fitness. And, you know, in a couple of years, it's going to be, you know, real adult life and kids and, and, and actual responsibilities. Whereas now I have the opportunity to do this. And if I don't do it, I can just foresee myself regretting it for, for a long, long time. And I was saying to you, I saw a picture of my granddad recently, like an old one, and he's like standing there in like a vest with a bog, and he was jacked. My granddad was huge, and my granddad had muscles upon muscles. I want my grandkids to be able to look at pictures of me and go, Jesus, granddad was, granddad was strong. You know, so it, this is totally personal. I just, it seemed like a natural transition. Lose the weight, fall in love with training, fall in love with strength training. I love the basics. I love bench. I love squat. I love deadlift. And just... It just felt like natural flow to me to go and try this. So, so I don't know. Don't know where it's going to go. I don't know. Is there anything that you would change about your weight loss journey? If you were to look, if you were to look at yourself and in, in that, I know that picture is the trigger for you. Mm. If you were to look at that picture again and look at what a piece of advice would you give to that person? And what would you change from your own weight loss journey, the processes or anything like that that you've gone down? That's a difficult one. 
It's a difficult one purely because I often get asked, what would you tell 20-year-old self? Yeah. And I always reply that I wouldn't change anything because I am where I am now as a result of everything that's come before. Yeah. If I was fit, like, you know, whatever, skinny in, in, in inverted commas, and when I was 20, 21, 22, I mightn't have developed psychologically like I did when I was overweight and then losing the weight. Um, I changed mentally quite a bit as I was losing the weight. I, I think I developed a little bit. I, I maybe grew up or I, I just got a bit deeper in my thinking and stuff. I don't believe everything happens for a reason, but I believe that I am where I am now as a result of everything that's happened. That's funny because so, um, it's funny what you said there about the everything happens for a reason because that's my like mentality. That's my quote. Okay, really? Because I... I I don't I don't think everything happens for a reason. I think sometimes just shit happens. Yeah. And how you deal with it reflects off the, you know on the kind of person you are. And for me, like I said, everything that's happened up to now has been like pieces in a jigsaw. Do you know? You know, when you get to the end of the jigsaw, do you ever look back and go, mm, I could have put those pieces together differently? But you wouldn't have the same end result. I would just fucked it off the floor. <laughs> But I do a monopoly. So it ends up being a monopoly. I just get thick. Just get thick and just be childish about it. Didn't want to play anyway. Yeah. Fuck you and your top head. Um, but I think I, I I do like the mentality of, well, I can't change anything. So why go back and do it? But I think I'd find it from a perspective of, I do believe that everything happened does happen. I'm not religious in any way. And if someone is religious, all credit to you, I just don't do it but i do think something happens everything happens for a reason and as you said i think you just phrased it differently and that shit happens and that's how you get on with it um but i'm a firm believer of like if that had if i know you you've had cancer and but if i hadn't got sick like four years ago i one i wouldn't be here two i wouldn't be talking to you right now and three i wouldn't have a business like and I wouldn't like I just genuinely wouldn't be here because I hadn't done that. I had because something hadn't happened. So that's why I it's it's just a different perspective and it's not comparing uh, like illnesses with illnesses, but it's just a different <laughs> perspective on things. And there's no right way to yeah, do it. Yeah, let's not get into a comparison thing of illnesses. It's like <laughs> it, on a scale of one to ten, how bad is your cancer now? Like <laughs> no, that's yeah. let's just not go there. No, um, we're not, we're not I, I agree with what you're saying, and I, I completely agree with one thing you said there about not looking back and you know if you can't change it it's it's a big thing I try and push on myself so if you can't fucking change it don't waste positive mental energy or energy that could potentially be positive looking yeah. back on oh if I had done this and if I you can get yourself into a real fucking rush thinking like that you know you can get what ifs Jesus Christ but that's what the thing that's the her? biggest regret for most people are like on the deathbed it's like what if I did this what if I did travel and what if I did this and I think what what's happening for an awful lot of people now is they've realised that they've actually wanted to do something and have been shit scared to do it and are still shit scared to do it but yeah, like I've had mates who've I've had PTs mates and other people that I know have lost their jobs by now but I know three of my mates have gone up and set up a coffee shop one was a PT, one was a golf coach, and one was a DJ. So three people who lost their fucking jobs during this, gone up and set a coffee shop, and now they're opening up their third coffee shop 
in a couple of weeks. Five, six, max. I'd be, I'd, I'd be fond of coffee, like. The coffee's epic. So five, six, max, if anyone's looking for a coffee in Blackrock or around Dunleary or Monkstown and they're opening up a new place, it's epic coffee. And they started, got, they literally just got a smart car and put the coffee machine in the back of the car, parked up and got around schools and stuff. And now they've got the three sites. So you have a choice now you're at. Exactly. It's like I said before, you know, I could have sat there and just ate my body weight and chocolate and stuff. Or you can go and do something about it. They did the same thing. You know, they could have sat, soaked and uh, poor me or whatever. But they went and did something. Yeah. You know, they went and changed the circumstances for themselves for the better. Yeah. I think, I think it's the hardest part for people is like, well, sometimes you need to have that pity party. And there's nothing wrong with having the pity party. It's about kind of make trying to get snap out of it. But Did you ever hear like, two stories out of that? Sappuccinos? Did you ever hear that phrase? No. I've heard I've heard you say it, but I've never really understood what yeah. it is. The James Haskell book has it enough. He was talking about how this big group of burly English rugby players, you're thinking like the mid-noughties after they've won the World Cup, big fucking six-foot-something giants, and they'd all sit around, have a couple of cappuccinos, and bitch and moan. Because they were perceived as too big and burly. You know, it's the tough British thing about, you know, not talking, no feelings. And they'd all sit together and have a bit of a bitch and a moan. He was like, the, just the positive impact that had on everybody's mindset, just getting it out. You know, but do you ever, did I ever tell you about the Les Brown? Do, do you know who Les Brown is? Do you, do you ever hear him talk about the deathbed thing? So he's like, imagine you're on your deathbed. I love this. I remember hearing this like two or three years ago, but it's too long to put on Instagram. It's like, imagine you're on your deathbed, right? And all the ghosts of the talents you were given, the opportunities you could have taken, all the intelligence you could have had and, and shared come to visit you in your deathbed. And they just ask you, we came to you and you did nothing with us. Why? And uh, what's your excuse going to be? Couldn't have been arsed? Yeah, fear is generally the answer for most like we all have a talent it doesn't matter what it is but i think it's about finding what you actually want to do and what you're actually good at like someone could be good at art some com- someone could be good at i don't know hairdressing or whatever it may be but we all have something unique about us and i think it's embracing our uniqueness and i think a lot of people are realizing that it's okay to be different because we're told to be looking the same but now the movements that are coming through the like social media and stuff some of them i don't believe in or some of them i don't agree with but it is about embracing the uniqueness um, of yourself um, I'm, I'm actually just challenging the, the fucking narrative that you tell yourself because what you tell yourself majority of the time is what you believe and I think a lot of people have pushed things down for many a long long time and now it's kind of like it, it's like it's hitting the surface now because it's a little bit more chill time but you also, I think the biggest thing, the biggest thing that I've noticed over this is a lot of people are trying to out-train themselves out of this. Uh, like I need to come out of this because they've listened to so many things. They're kind of educating themselves on so many things. You can't out-train yourself out of this. You can't out-mindset yourself out of this. No. I, I think society puts a lot of pressure on people. I think society. people put a lot of People put a lot of pressure on themselves. I mean, I cause society because they're watching other people and they're not acting on their own shit. And social media, as a result, causes the same thing because people are seeing Shane Walsh going and training, and they're seeing Stephen Griffin going and training, and they're kind of going, "Fuck it, everyone else is doing it." That's why I don't I put my training thinking, up. It's because you're not training. Don't lie. 
no uh, I, I, I remember thinking at the start of COVID, I just wanted to come out a little bit better. And I remember saying, I hope that people come out with a little bit more of an appreciation for simple things in life. Whether it was just the ability to sit in their car and go for a drive, or for me, all I want to do, and it's literally, it sounds so simple. I just want to sit on Shop Street, drink my favorite coffee, and sense. people watch. And I cannot wait until the day that I can go get a damn haircut, train at a gym, go and get the cup of coffee after. I'm going to be so fucking happy that day. Yeah, I think it's, it's it's I think it brings us back to like the simple things is are the most are the best things for most people. I think simple things are life is simple, but we make everything very very complicated. Live by what you want to do, live by your values, and move away from the fear and the bullshit that is put on us by society and yourself. You can do what you want. Obviously, I'm not going to become a hundred meter sprinter or. I'm going to become a basketball player. I could be the smallest basketball NBA star of all time, but I'm, there's definitely smaller than me. I hate you. Uh, on a good day? Um, no, I'm 5'10". Uh, now, there, yeah, there must be someone. There must be someone. There's probably somebody, yeah, probably. I'm thinking your man that used to play for... What, what, what height was your man Carter for the Raptors? He wasn't tall. I'd say he was still six foot three. I'd say he was still one of those. Yeah, but that's that's the thing. Not tall for the NBA is still significantly taller than the, than the average society. <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm small in the NBA. I'm six four. Yeah, and you're very guys tall. Guys that are like six foot seven, six foot eight, they're going to tower over me. Because even the photo of us at the at the event with Leila, yeah. I'm like, oh, I'm on a day out with Steve. <laughs> Steve's probably out for the day. <laughs> it's like the football teams and they're like the mascots with them yeah, yeah exactly that's me yeah uh, just there um but yeah, yeah like i said just i hope i think people turn into maybe affluent celtic tiger dicks and we forgot how fantastic simple overlooked things were and i hope covid brings that back to people's near sight or the forefront of their minds i think it's making people and businesses realize they don't have to fly people around all the world to do everything when they can just simply it's about finding the balance between going into work and actually sitting at home um i think celebrate the small stuff you've got time with your family now you're always giving out that you couldn't have family time and now when when things kind of back up you're like i want family time but you've gone back into work so it's about kind of like trying to find a happy medium. You try both extremes, try to find what one works and what you're happy with, but don't blame, oh, I'm too busy, whatever it is. Just actually, because you'll always do what you value more. doesn't matter what the fuck it is. If it's sitting in your hole all day, that's fine, but don't complain about it. Oh, yeah, pe- I have no issue with that. And like people will message me and they're like, oh, I don't have time. And I'm like, okay, well, tell me. And I just, out of curiosity and maybe humoring conversations, that's actually like, oh, what do you do in the evening? I get in it six i have my dinner and i watch emmerdale and then for city and then carnation street and then eastenders and then the news and then prime time i'm like oh no you got time you just picked other shit yeah and it's like yeah and i think when people i know say someone isn't a trainer in the morning well then just potentially do it in the afternoon or do one session during the week and two sessions on the weekend or whatever maybe if you want to train but like by saying i might do this is giving you an out straight away. Mm. So being being the controller of the language and the narrative you can create will control where you want to go. I don't know how much time we have. I have an idea to float by you. We have probably about three minutes, but go on. Okay, plan Bs. What do you think about having a plan B? I have, I have a certain thought process on this, but what do you think about having a plan B? 
I think there always I think there always has to be a plan B. Okay. And the reason why it would be is sometimes when people have a plan A, it's unrealistic. So if I said to myself when I first started becoming a PT, I'd have a six uh, like uh, say my business would be like say worth three million in the space of six months. Well, that's unrealistic. Well, yeah, but that's that's setting a, a poor plan A. But most people won't even set a plan. Okay. I don't really see having a plan B as a failure. So if you think of it like a, if you're in a car and you are using a sat nav and for whatever reason you take the wrong turn or you don't trust the sat nav, which I think we've all been in that realization that sometimes the sat nav will just tell us to go the long way when sometimes that we know the way ourselves, but we just have the sat nav on. And if we take the wrong turn, but yet still end up at our destination, we still we will still get there so i don't really count that as a failure it's just kind of adding on a little bit more turns to our actual actual goal but we know what the goal is in the distance we know what where we want to go but it may mean that we need to take a left or a right and make the wrong turn here there and everywhere because if you're expecting the whole journey to be perfect you're you're kind of adding on the whole thing that something's if something goes wrong everything's going to go wrong and then throw throw everything out the window most people like the idea of doing something, but don't necessarily, they like getting in the, into the, the idea of getting into the car, but don't mm. necessarily like actually driving the car or going the direction they want to go. They'll go around a roundabout and never take the turn. Gotcha. But what's, I don't know, what's your... My thought process is, should, I don't know, the only different thing is here, and I don't mean to change the goalpost halfway through, no. but if, if my plan A is thought through, if it's, if it's a smart plan A, my thought is that having a plan B is an out. It's automatically thinking, I might not be able for this. It's almost setting up a catch net for when you fail before you've even started. I, I, I do get that ideology. I would say if you really, really want to do something, you'll get to it eventually. It may not happen in that time frame. But you may mm. have to just you may have to push it out or adjust the goalposts. Yeah, so I, for I mean, me, plan B is a safety net for when things get hard. It's like plan A is getting difficult. I'm not overly used to difficult. I kind of want things to be a bit easier. Or fuck it, I have plan B anyways. It depends what how hard. So say if I'm going to say I'm going to compete on stage in three years. Well, first, I have no fucking interest in doing it. So why would I have a plan I don't want it. I'd rather shit my hand and clap. That's how... (laughs) Yeah, that's how little regard I have for it. But I think... I understand what you're saying. It's like, it's an out. It's that maybe. It's that might. I might not do this X, Y, and Z. But I also think that if you actually want to do something... It may just take a little bit longer. Mm. Like, but I understand, like, you've got the shoot now and whatever, 12, 16 week goal. But you can still move the goalposts if you want mm. to. If, if you felt that, like, at 93, you're like, I can push this a little bit more if I really, really wanted to. I could push it out another two weeks. But you're just, you're still, it's just still the same goal. It's just adding on to the goal or adding, putting the timeline out. And that potentially. I'm just curious. I, no, I, I, it's an amazing question because I haven't probably thought about it enough. Um, and I, I, it's, I understand where you're coming from in relation to 
um, the out because it, it is it is that kind of it's putting that seed of doubt in there and when doubt is in the mind the brain's like latch on like anything man you're going to go for the easiest route whether if it's a fucking bicep curl your, your body's going to pull that elbow back so it's a short resistance you're going to look for the easiest way to do things and if plan B seems easier you might go for plan B if plan C seems easier than plan B you're going to keep fucking tumbling most people don't have any plans that's what I've realised yeah. Most people just kind of like, no, I'm just going to saunter and see what happens. But I think if you don't plan what you want to do or lay out what you want to do, that's the biggest difference for me in the last year is actually sitting down on a Sunday and planning out my week. It saves me four or five hours during the week. I've timed it. It's like four or five hours planning my week and saying, right, training's going to happen there, check-ins here, podcasts here, uh, walks here. And Dallas does the same. Jane does the same. I can see when they are able for calls it's been the biggest shift for myself. Yeah, I love that. I, I love the fact that you do it, but I love doing it myself. I love discipline. I love structure. Like I was saying about the blinkers, I just love that shit. I love having, it was why I liked running. It's like, that's the distance. That's the time I have to run and that's the date I'm going to have the run. And I have to have all these things right, you know, in time for each one. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm a little bit like that. It's just in my mindset to the organization, the structure, the discipline. I like it. I got a no. therapeutic. I got a therapeutic because I've I've like targets. I have a whiteboard here and I have a financial target here on the wall behind the screen, so I know exactly what I'm going to. I can see that every day. So if I'm talking to you, I can see the figures. I'm like, I know what I need to do. I can see what's booked in this week, and I can just see it constantly in my eye line. So it's constantly the goal. It's like if someone has a weight loss training, sometimes I suggest putting out their outfit up on in their room so they can see it every day, mm. and then that I will visual. That. Yeah, and I think I did that for a long time. Yeah, and. It, it, what you see on a, on a daily basis or control your environment for you control what you want to do and set out your timeline some people don't like it some people find it a little bit like it's a little bit ocd but like i i know what i want to do i know what i want to achieve i know what direction i want to go and this is how i'm going to get to those steps these are the, these are the these are the, the rings on the ladder for me yeah, it's a whole other conversation you can have about that ocd thing it's like some people would throw the ocd thing out there just as an out as well it's like oh counting calories is ocd it's like do you check your bank account? Yeah. Well, stops you over spending money. It's I we I spoke to Jordan side about the counting the calories thing. It's like, well, if you have a recipe book, then you look Google a recipe and you're weighing and you're putting in the measurements, you're building the cake, you're putting the building the cake to get to the recipe. Calorie counting is the exact same. And but people are saying it's addictive. And it's like, no, no, no. It's 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 a tool if you want to use it. If you have had a binge eating disorder or anything like that, please don't go down, don't go don't go down that route. Go to your regular meals three meals, three snacks, and actually talk to someone. But if you're someone who wants to educate themselves, use it as a tool, not a death sentence. And you can take yourself out of it. If you do it for three weeks or a month or two weeks or three days, most people eat the same shit every day. If you entered into the system once, it's there for you. So you don't need to count every single day. Maybe count one day during the week, one day on the weekend. That's when the variety comes in. That's where people big it up so much. Um, I'm conscious of the the yep. time, Steve. I could talk to you all day, and there could be another 15 episodes. And I know, and I know you'll be back. Um, but thank you so much for for coming on. Where can people find your Instagram, your influencer handles? I'm just gonna call it Steve's weight loss. I know you threw the underscores in there, but it just sounds horrendous. It's Steve's underscore not as catchy as it. No, it doesn't roll off the tongue the same way. Yeah, I'm Steve's weight loss. I'm on the Instagram. I've actually been considering changing that lately, but we'll talk about that again. I remember you um, I haven't come up with anything better. You know, I'll, I'll have like a Ron Seal is exactly what it says on the tin. 
that's where i Fuck you, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> and well, on that note, we will leave it. <laughs> Thanks, man.